Oh, hey, friend. This one's good. I mean, really good. If you didn't listen to part one of this two-part interview with Amy Carlson, go listen to that one first. But I can't wait for you to hear what we talk about today. Enjoy this episode of the Compared To Podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me. And you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Carlson, and we left you with a tricky question last time. So if you haven't heard that episode, you need to go back and you need to listen to that episode right now before you listen to this one, because it's so good. But we were talking about Daniel and the Daniel fast and the reality that Daniel 1 15 tells us that after these boys did the Daniel fast, they were fatter in appearance. And I asked you a question, would you go on a fast if at the end of it, you were fatter in appearance? Mm. Okay. This is straight talk, right, Amy? So so what, what are you thinking? What's, what's rattling around in your brain? Oh, it's so good. I love this question so much. And you know what I wish? I wish we actually could just get like live feedback while you're asking that question, because the answer is I can tell you for a hundred 99 out of hundred women are going to say, I don't know that I could. I, I honestly don't know that I could fast knowing that I would look fatter in appearance, which I'm also an ESV girl. Not that I have a problem with other, but I'm just, <laughs> that's where I naturally bend is ESV and I teach high schoolers. And I actually, this last year shared that passage with them about that. Why uh-huh. had this very conversation with them, which their mouths were kind of, you know, uh, what? So you asked such a great question. And this is the other thing that strikes me about the Daniel fast. One, again, we as an American culture can take anything and turn it into a package deal, which Mm -hmm. is if you do this thing, this is biblical. It's kind of your God can bless my Lent diet. This is amazing. You know, wow. God and me on a diet together. I can (laughs) do this thing. That's so amazing. So one of the things I will tell you is that I have had a zillion people in my office who I have a lot. I don't advertise as a Christian dietitian, but I am clearly a believing um, dietitian. And so I have a lot of people in my office that come with a Christian background and their own personal testimony. And if I could just tell you all the testimonies to say that they were triggered by Christian language in Christian books where people talk about what they gave up, um, Christian women in writing books about, you know, something else, but then throwing in there that they don't eat sugar. And that was the thing that solved it for them. And they were closer to the Lord because of that mm-hmm. and how triggering that can be. 
but then this idea of the Daniel fast. And I feel really strongly about this one. I cannot tell you how many people are triggered by this and how it produces a cycle of a cycle. Let's just say that a cycle an on again, off again cycle. Mm -hmm. I did the Daniel fast. Now I'm off the Daniel fast. I did Mm -hmm. the Daniel fast and then off the Daniel fast. If you read it in context of Daniel, you described it so well in the last episode, you did an amazing job. I felt like I should have a flannel graph while you were talking (laughs) and I could be putting up the pictures. You did an amazing job is that Daniel heard from the Lord too fast from those things. And like you said, scholars, you know, are, have some theories on why, but one of the reasons, if you read the whole context of that, these were really brilliant young men, Daniel and his compadres were really smart and talented and strong and amazing. And the King wanted him for his court, but they wanted to strip away their identity as children of the most high and wanted them to be Babylonians. And one of the ways they could do that is by feeding them their food and feeding them their drink and really kind of letting their flesh take over. So Daniel heard from the Lord. And so when we think about as believers, as kingdom people and our identity in Christ, we say in what ways, what are the things that the Lord's calling us to be separate from the culture. And one of the things is dieting culture, right? right? So it is in that context of that story, Daniel and his friends, and I agree with you. And I agree with the scholars that suggest that bread was a commonplace food. And, um, you know, that wouldn't have necessarily been sacrificed to idols and things, but meat and sort of more the fat food, um, you know, animal food would have been sacrificed. And so therefore, you know, would have even been maybe against um, the, the commandments of scripture. So I think what's so interesting is we take something and we make it into, oh, fruits and vegetables, basically, and really complicated rules that are very expensive, P.S., so not for the average consumer. And we make that lovely and biblical and spiritual. And I just think sometimes the Lord must just be like, oh, golly, here they, okay, here we go again. <laughs> They've taken yeah. something and made it not what it's supposed to be. So we're, how are we not, you know, in, um, in Daniel, I think one eight, it says he resolved, right. That he would not be defiled by the culture. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the Lord calling us out of that? We, we are letting ourselves be defied by the culture, which is our identity is in our body and our look and our, um, right. How we project ourselves, this idea of self and self-esteem and the Lord's going, you're set apart as holy because right. I called you holy. Right. Right. Not because you're following these food rules, not because you, um, uh, can fit in a certain size jeans, not because you can do these things. And so, oh, that we would fast from that, mm-hmm. that we would fast from what the culture is calling us to be identified as. And as believers, if we really said, let's fast, um, you know, my best friend and I did a series of fasts over the course of several months. And um, we, had <laughs> we don't live that close together. It was about an hour and a half away, but she's my prayer partner. And we had chose to really just wear the same outfit every day for a month. We didn't tell anybody okay. that was kind of our fast. And I had chose kind of really boring gray pants and a white t-shirt. You know, we live in Texas, you and me, so we can get away with that any month of the year, mm-hmm. t-shirt and pants. And I went a whole month wearing the same clothes and nobody said anything. Not the babysitter. My kids were little, not the parents, like I would meet at school, you know, whatever. Well, it was like the most boring outfits. We're getting, we're going to see each other at the end of the month and we meet each other in Round Top, which you know where that is. And I see her car pull in and I run and here I am in my most boring outfit. And she gets out of the car with this adorable shirt uh-huh. and 
killer pants. And I go, what? That's the outfit you chose for <laughs> She's like, what? You, we didn't say that. And I was like, oh, we died laughing. We were laughing so hard about what it is that calls us right out of our norm, out of our comfort. Right. That's the Lord's calling us to. What are we fasting from? And what are we fasting for? As Greg right. Boyd would say, to what end and to whose glory? Right. Right. Most of the time fasting is to our own end and to our own glory. Right. And, and it, it makes me cringe a little as I think through, well, okay, there, there's a couple of things here. First of all, it makes me cringe a little as I think through the reality that I think most people, when they hear Daniel fast, they think that means fruits and vegetables because that's how I learned it in Sunday school. And so they would yeah. just quote, quote, unquote, go on a Daniel fast and just eat vegan essentially. Um, <laughs> and not really research the scripture any wow. further, you know? Yeah. So, so that's one thing that kind of troubles me a little bit, but then the other troubling thing is, yeah, you know, really, this is the story of a miracle, right? Amen. Because yes. it's a miracle that these guys were fatter after that diet, yeah. right? Like we, we know physiologically, and I, I read actually, and in this book on fasting, I mentioned, it's kind of funny. He says that most people in the old Testament had the same amount of knowledge about their bodies and their body systems as, um, like a first grader would in our culture. Like they just didn't know. I mean, they just didn't have the science and the things that, you know, they haven't hadn't investigated their body in the same way that we have today. Right. So, so putting that in context, right. Like Daniel and his guys didn't know that they were on a diet, (laughs) if you will, but but they probably had some level of fear, hopefully no fear, right? They're trusting God, but some level of concern, let's put it that way, that they would not gain weight eating what they were choosing to eat. Mm -hmm. And so it is a miracle that they looked fatter than the other guys. So that blows someone's paradigm today, right? That, that (laughs) it's a, that yes. God used that a miracle in the Bible is God making people look fatter. Okay. Yes. Someone just needs to say yeah. that for a second. Right. I think so. <laughs> but, I think so. but we breeze right over that. And instead, sadly to what you're saying about like how we've been conditioned by diet culture, sadly, we see that passage and we're like, Ooh, good. God has a diet. It's yes. a Bible diet. So it's, it's gotta be a good diet. diet right. It's a Bible diet. So I can do the Bible diet. And then it's just like back where I shared in the last episode, it's me and God dieting together. God's As... all in for me being skinny. I, woo, I love, do you know, anything. if you and I wrote a book called the Bible diet, it would sell. Oh, if we uh, wrote, sure. we, it would be like the two best words together. Bible diet. Maybe we should put all kinds of secret things in it, (laughs) blow them away when they open it up. This is the thing too, as we talk about, and I had shared with you about, um, you know, one of the things to ask, and I, I would ask this to anyone who would say that question, is it okay for me to, you know, to fast, but culturally and biblically and spiritually and in our churches, I would say, are we fasting out of a normal, healthy relationship with food or are we fasting out of an already dysfunctional unhealthy, I'm going to use in air quotes, starving relationship with food, meaning whether we have anorexia or not, Lord willing, we don't. But if we, this idea of sort of this, um, this really scarcity mindset, scripture talks about God as being a God of superabundance. A tomato plant can produce so many tomatoes, each with enough seeds to produce uh, like a hundred more tomatoes. He's a God of su- literally super abundance. And we're living with a scarcity mindset and choosing fasting to even produce more scarcity than we already have. Right. But are we 
fasting out of a healthy understanding and a healthy relationship with food, our bodies, and the Lord, that is a fast that you and I can say yes to. And if we're not, let's start there. Let's start with our relationship with the Lord. And in the church, let's start with cleaning up all the language associated with, which is what you're doing beautifully on this podcast, of all the language associated with dieting and dieting culture and right, all the things. Oh, hey there, Heather here. I want to tell you about my book, The Burden of Better. Friends, it is exactly what you need to read if you've ever struggled for one second with comparison. But let me tell you how it's different. This isn't the same old book of cliches about how you need to stop comparing because it's stealing your joy. No, this book is a deep dive into God's grace. And together on the podcast at the end of February, we're going to dig in deep. I'm going to be talking about the book in four separate episodes next month. So what I hope is that you will grab your own copy of the book so you can follow along with me and you can send me your questions as you read so I can tackle them in these podcast episodes. So grab the book, The Burden of Better, wherever Christian books are sold and be a part of what we're doing at the end of February going through the book together. So to go right along with that, I think it was in this book I just read. I wrote it in my notes. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I think it's from this book. This wasn't an original idea. (laughs) Somewhere, someone, someone helped me with this idea, but the concept of fasting is a spiritual discipline. Yeah. But if you engage in fasting as a form of body manipulation, there's a difference between manipulation and yes. discipline. If mm-hmm. I go into a fast, hoping to manipulate some part of me, right? Either we talked about in the first episode, the flat stomach feeling that can trigger an anorexic yeah. or someone who has really, I mean, I was never full-blown anorexia, but like any kind of ED background, I think you yeah. can be triggered by that flat stomach feeling, yes. right? Or the empty stomach feeling, but also my skin is clear, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like all of those things, like I have I have a video from a couple years ago when I was trying to do a fast with our church and I'm looking at this video and I'm like, what was going on with my skin? And then, but those, those thoughts come, right? Yeah. It's like, Ooh, well, it was because I had just done a couple of days of fasting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I've got this other video thing coming up. Maybe I need to do that again. Right. And it becomes it is straight up, not for God at all, yeah. right? There's no, I, so I use this definition. I'm going to read it again for this episode because yeah, it may I have been do. a couple of days since, since you heard this definition, but, but yeah. here's the definition of fasting that I really appreciated from this book called fasting by Scott McKnight. And he says, fasting is a choice not to eat for a designated period because some moment is so sacred that partaking in food would deface or profane the seriousness of the moment. And, and so if my goal in fasting is to manipulate my body, to manipulate my skin to look clear before my next video speaking thing, yeah, I've gotten it all wrong. Haven't I? Yeah. You just, you know, when you read that definition this time, I had a visual of the, you know, I have four kids and each time they gave birth and how holy and sacred that moment was. 
and I was picturing my husband eating like a big burger in the uh-huh. moment, right? Uh-huh. What you described was <laughs> the moment is so holy that we, we wouldn't even imagine we would, we like, it's natural to not eat in that moment because right. the moment is so holy. But if I'm giving birth and my husband's chomping on burger and fries, it's sort of, you know, it's like, whoo, you just took the like holiness out of this moment. Right. It's, it's that idea of God's holiness and the sacredness of that moment. And when I love that you use the word manipulation because um, body manipulation is what's happening all around us all the time. It's, it's, we're trying to look younger, um, be taller, look thinner, um, you know, uh, change the way that our shape looks. I mean, you, you, all you have to do is pull up Pinterest and there's, you know, 52 different versions of. I don't know what you can eat. You know, remember the dancing banana that was on for years. It was just like, you know, and you're just like, what, what is the dancing banana? What's happening? Because we're trying to manipulate what, what's here and fasting, even biblical fasting, we're not trying to manipulate the Lord. Right. Right. We can't manipulate the Lord. He cannot be manipulated. He is who he is. I am who I am. So we, we, even get that wrong where we're fasting to kind of twist God's arm when really, right. You just described that beautiful definition of the, the moment is holy. And I want to hear from the Lord. I don't want to miss it. I want to be in his presence. I don't want to um, waste this moment by doing what I always have, which is I will always have Lord willing food and food available, which isn't true for everyone. And so Lord, we just pray even now for that. And, but I don't even want to waste this moment, which is holy and to be in the presence of God and to listen and to hear his voice. And this moment is so important when we think of it like that, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, this isn't like, oh, in two weeks I can have that food again. Right. You know? Right. That's a right. whole different. You're, you're not focused. You may, you may feel your hunger, yeah, but you're not focused on right. on what the scale is going to say at the end. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Or any of those any of those external things, it is, it's a spiritual practice. So I didn't talk to you about this ahead of time, but it just occurred to me in this, this book I reference, it's really interesting. He has a whole chapter on fasting and its problems. Mm -hmm. And one of them, he goes in to discussions from, we're talking early church history. Okay. So this Mm -hmm. is, this is a quote from Jerome And because I homeschool my children, and this is the only reason, because I homeschool my children, I know that Jerome completed the Vulgate right before the Visigoths sacked Rome. And anyone who does classical conversations is laughing right now because that's a song we sing. Um, But anyway, that, that aside, so Jerome completed the Vulgate. Okay. So the Vulgate, like really, really like, I don't know if you could say it's the first translation of the Bible, but like super early translation of the Bible and Jerome's take was that excessive abstinence, and we talked about abstinence in the last episode as perhaps a better word for what we're really doing when we take foods out of our diet, you know, when we decide to not have sugar, we're not really on a sugar fast. We are abstaining from sugar because fasting is a sacred thing as we've been talking about. But he concludes that excessive abstinence is still more injurious to us than careless satiety. So in other words, what he's saying is that even if you are having an issue with sugar, it is probably better for you to wrestle your gluttony 
than for you to abstain from the sugar excessively. Yeah. And, and I know you have a lot of input there in terms of like us are those of us with these, this diet cycle and are giving up the sugar. And now I want all the sugar and I give up the sugar and now I want all the sugar and how that's very physiological for most of us. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was kind of a genius, a genius thing to think through, right? Like we think, and this is an ED mentality, right? Like we think we'll solve the problem by getting rid of the food. I'm going to solve my problem with sugar by just getting rid of sugar. And, and I remember personally, I thought, after, cause I, I shared in the first episode, how I made it from Lent, which I believe was February that year. It's March this year, but I think it was early February that year. Mm-hmm. I made it from early February until July 30th without a taste of sugar. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was something good for me yeah. and that maybe I had mastered sugar because yeah. I had done that. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, there was a lot more sugar <laughs> in my future, right? Like, I don't think it helped me master it. It helped me distort my relationship with sugar even more. Right. And, and again, not saying that it's bad to abstain from things at a certain time, but I thought that that was a brilliant thing to think through. Like, Mm -hmm. is it better for me to wrestle my problem with sugar, get help from someone like you Mm -hmm. who can help me figure out how to have a healthy relationship with sugar Mm -hmm. than to just always run to the, no fasting. I'm going to fix it this year. I'm fasting from it. What thoughts, Amy, go jump in. I've been talking a long time. No, I, I just got goosebumps when you were talking because I love how truth is always truth. Think how long ago that, that quote was written, read it now and recognize that, that it is God's truth is always God's truth. And, and certainly what he's saying is so important and, and really what it's saying. And I, and I, Oh, this is so important. And Lord, just help us to, to recognize this as a body of believers, what we're doing by any of those things, that excessive abstinence, I think is the word that you used mm-hmm. is we're still elevating that thing above God, right? We've, we've, we've elevated it to this point of it's so powerful that I have to use all of my self-discipline to, to abstain and to, to control. And the Lord's looking, going, oh, honey, it's just food. Like mm-hmm. it's just food. I'm the only thing that deserves that sort of attention. I'm the only thing that can satisfy your deepest desire. So fasting from it won't satisfy that desire. Overindulging in it won't satisfy that desire, which is really, you know, same coin, different sides. Right. And the Lord's going, don't, don't keep elevating those things. Those aren't the things. Those aren't the things. And excessive abstinence is still about us. Right. It's not about the Lord. Right. It's not about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so God, can we get it right? Help us Mm -hmm. to get it right. Help us to um, lay down all those tools of manipulation, all those tools of sort of false piety Mm -hmm. and help us just to worship you again. It's you're our object of worship. And anytime we do that sort of excessive, you know, whether it's, um, and it really is a cycle, what you described, it, it trips a cycle in us, which is the pendulum swing of all or nothing, all or nothing, you know, and um, anytime we do that, that's not the answer. Although a few very rigorous souls would say yes. And they're the ones that author a book on, you know, only eat fruits and vegetables, or they're the ones that author and everyone's trying and fail, dying in the process of trying to get, get there. Um, and it still elevates something above God. And which is idolatry. So Lord, let right. us lay it down. Right. Because if you're fasting with the intention of results, 
yeah. right? Like if you're fasting, looking for results, you're on a diet. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yes. isn't that just straight, straight That's talk? And then I was, talk. I was thinking about this first and you and I had a little bit of a conversation about it. Um, Matthew six sixteen, Yeah. And, uh, we'll see if my website wants to pull it up fast enough so I can read it. But, um, this is, this is Jesus talking about how to fast. Right. And when you fast, yeah. do not look gloomy, like the hypocrites in, the, in other translations, I think it's says Pharisees for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly. I say to you, they have received their reward. And it, it just, yeah. I, I don't think it's a contextual stretch to say that if we fast, hoping that someone will notice that we yeah. fasted Now, maybe we don't tell them that, but hoping yeah. you dropped a few pounds looking good. What have you been doing? Well, I tried the Daniel fast. Oh, I'm on the sugar fast. Oh, well, your skin looks great. Like, I yeah. think if that is what we're doing, I don't know. I feel like Jesus says, then we've already gotten our reward. <laughs> that, so. that clear skin. Yep. Hope you enjoy it, but That's internal it. significance. Mm, yeah. yeah. And guess what? You might get something next month. So sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's actually not a stretch. And then Isaiah uh, 56, no, 58, six says, is is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? So again, fasting that makes it about us fasting that turns our eyes inward. If I'm fasting and I'm crazy mean to my family because I have low blood sugar and I can't do anything but sit on the couch, right? I might as well eat a piece of toast with peanut butter and banana and go out and, and mow the lawn for my husband and, and bring food to the food shelter, right? That the Lord's saying, that's the fast I'm calling you to fasting from those things. So in the same way, what you're saying is that that is our reward. And, and if, if, if it's clear skin, (laughs) different notch on your belt, that's it. (laughs) That's it folks. But the Lord's saying, is this not that? And again, he just calls the Pharisees out over and over. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's a God of the table. Fasting isn't the norm as believers. In fact, the the Pharisees are like, why aren't you fasting? And Mm -hmm. he's like, why would the bridegroom's here? We're not going to fast when the bridegroom's here. And so when we're with Jesus, fasting will be no, we will have all that we need, all that we need. And he is a God of abundance in scripture. When I was doing a talk, once I had looked up the, how many times eat and table and, and bread is in there 366 times, 366 times is bread, which goes back to what you said in the last podcast, bread was an assumption, right? Right. (laughs) They weren't bread free. They were not bread free, (laughs) right? Bread was an assumption and eat is in there uh, so many times. It's like 600 and something times eat is in scripture. And the table is like 160 times or something we live in a table fellowship. That is who we are. We are the, the, as Leonard Sweet calls it a gourmet gospel. That's just like this beautiful place that we are. So fasting is a set apart time, but it isn't the norm for us. So to go from one fast to another, to another, to another is really an addiction. And it really is a form of idolatry in that it's about us and not about the Lord. Oh, such a good conversation. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. 
Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. I had a coaching client once that was like, you know, I've been thinking about the wedding supper of the lamb. And I was like, what, like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you know, like in heaven. And I was like, well, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And she's, and she's like, yeah, because like, how ridiculous would it be for me to go to the wedding supper of the lamb and be like, well, I can't eat that. That has a lot of calories. Like that yes. has too much fat, you know, like, yes. no, like we're not going to approach the table no, in that way. No. And yet we're so trapped to approach the table in that way here. And I think to something you said just, just a minute ago, fasting is to break yokes. Yeah. And when we put on these dietized, is that a word? Dietish diet, diet, fast fusion. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, But when we put that on, does the yoke get heavier or does the yoke get lighter? Yeah. I think it gets heavier. Right. And mm-hmm. Jesus tells us his, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. We're yoked to him and yeah. not yoked to him in the way I was yoked. When the way I thought I was yoked to him, like Jesus and me, we're going sugar-free yes. for lit together. <laughs> and he's going to help me. He's going to pull me along when I want a donut. Oh, <laughs> he's right. Be right there for me. It wasn't that. It's not I that know. at all. It's the, oh, he loves you us. don't have to, yeah you don't have to give up sugar for me no, <laughs> I mean no. you know like like okay the, someone is watching and be like but I'll eat is sugar and I okay yes then you need to talk to a registered dietitian yeah that's a it, non-diet dietitian who can help you so okay we're gonna close up here in a second Amy yeah but can we go to science for just a second what sure. happens in my body when I go through cycles of deprivation. So I decided to do a sugar fast for 30 days. What is happening to me physiologically that will make it difficult for me to have truly broken, like we hope broken my addiction Mm. to sugar. And can you tell me kind of what that looks like? Well, let me just give you an example um, of any number of foods that you might fast from and how our body and our GI has microvilli and enzymes on the end of those microvilli that are needed um, to digest those certain foods. And when you don't use them, when you're fasting and for somebody with anorexia, let's say this happens for sure, but this is why when people go on those month long sort of um, elimination diets and there's, you know, almost nothing in them. They actually, those, those microvilli and those enzymes, they atrophy. They're like muscles that aren't being used. So they sort of go to sleep, like, oh, right. <laughs> and then they, you, we start eating again and they wake up, but we're having trouble digesting. So we're starting to have bloating and uncomfortable feelings. And we think, oh my goodness, I am allergic to this food. They must be right. When really what we've done is we've allowed those to, to atrophy and they're coming back and we're, you know, the enzymes are, it's like, oh, we, recruit, where, where's everybody? We've been, we didn't have been, been needed. And so it reinforces this idea that, oh, my body can't tolerate this. I do have an allergy. And absolutely, people have real allergies. My mother-in-law has celiac disease, has for years. 
I, I am, there is more allergies than ever. And that's a different podcast. Um, that's a different science podcast we can do sometime. Um, there's a reason that those things are happening, but when we cycle in and out, what we're doing is almost creating, I'm going to use this in air quotes since I think we're only voice, not, not, but we're sure. creating in some ways an intolerance because we're actually, so we're reinforcing this behavior too when we're not eating certain foods and our glycogen stores are depleted and moisture is like a sponge that's like wrung out and it's set out to dry. So we're feeling light and we're feeling right. Cause there's no glycogen in water. It's like all that's depleted. And then we start eating again. And then we feel like a wet sponge mm -hmm. at the beginning because we're eating and that water diffuses into our tissues until it sort of normalizes the balance again. So it reinforces this behavior of, oh, I do better when I don't eat those things, which is not true. There's just a physiological thing that's happening. And then when you eat again, you have to kind of go through this pendulum swing. And so it reinforces the dieting mindset for sure. And you hit on it, just a, a really great point. Um, again, this is a much longer conversation, but the idea of if I just eliminate it, I will no longer struggle with it, or I will no longer, well, we've just elevated, we've put it on a pedestal, we put it on the out of reach, and now it is a point of interest for us. Mm -hmm. And so that creates a whole nother cycle. Yeah. 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 It's that last part I was kind of thinking of more just like the, the forbidden fruit, right? Oh, absolutely. And just like physiologically. And, and I've done some shows on intuitive eating in the last, last fall. And mm -hmm. I think there's so much good stuff there that I wish I had understood better oh, 20 years ago. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, so what, yeah, the, I, you, I think you had shared the last time I was on about the app that I helped co-create with Megan yes. Osborne and, um, sweet Gabrielle, that, um, is the piece of food app and that's based on intuitive eating and, the whole idea, we do a whole like Q and A and, and different videos on, you know, taking away, right. That, that pedestal of out of reach, which creates this, you know, this whole mindset of, I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. I had it. Darn it. Start over. I can't have it. Right. I can't have it. I can't, you know, all of right. that. Absolutely. But there's physiologically things that reinforce that dieting behavior too, that, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I just feel better when I'm not on that. I'm like, well, how do you feel when you come off? You know, how is it that you, well, let's see what's happening to your body then. So mm -hmm. this is such good stuff. Great, yeah. great, great. Uh, thank you for inviting me to this. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you came on and, and yeah, I, I think just, just to kind of close the loop there, I just want to be clear because I know a lot of my people, oh, we've struggled with this. Right. Yeah. And we've hoped that just giving the thing up would fix it for us. Yeah. And, and you and I aren't saying, no, come on, you're being crazy. Just eat the thing. Like right. there may be some work that has to happen there. Yeah. And so it's okay to get help because some of these patterns of thinking and patterns of eating yes. have been with us for so many decades mm -hmm. that, that you may need some help to transition to a healthy relationship with food. And that yes. is okay. There's no shame in that. And Amy, so you're, it's it's peace with food is the app and it's amazing. Um, it'll like beep you at different times of the day if you want it to and ask you questions and stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. So check that out. Peace with food app um, in all the app stores yeah. and such. Um, yeah. Where else, where, where could they connect with you, Amy? If they, you know, maybe they're yeah. hearing that they need help. 
um, they'd yeah. like to talk to, talk to you or you, I know you're super busy with lots of clients, but you know, maybe you could refer them to someone where, how can they connect with you? Yeah, they can um, just reach out. If they have the app, they can reach out inside the app, awesome. the info at hello piece of food and um, our website, hello piece of They can awesome. certainly reach out there, awesome. but, and I just, I want to encourage and just echo what Heather said that. Um, you know, as believers, we need to be having these conversations and there's so much room for growth and grace together. We just get to love on each other. Well, we don't get to point fingers and say, well, I've mastered it or I got it down or why can't you do this? We just, did such, so filled with grace and kindness and such room for growth. And until we're sanctified and see Jesus face to face. Amen. Boy, that was good. That was good. Well, thanks so much, Amy, for being on the show today. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Compared to who is glad to be part of the Spark Collective on the Edify podcast app. If you haven't checked out the Edify app, do so today, right after you check out the Piece of Food app. Uh, the Edify app is a great place to find faith-based content. You'll find all kinds of great podcasts on that app. So go check it out in the Apple podcast store or on Google Play. That's all for today's show. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science inspired by God's word to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.